Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about how to avoid the victim trap. What do I mean by that? Bad things happen to good people. The victim trap means thinking you're powerless and have no control versus taking responsibility for your life and consciously choosing how you will react. And yes, we can all be victims, but we don't want to develop a victim mindset. So helping us today, my guest is Dr. Carrie Johansson. She's the author of Self-Help on the Go, Because You're Not Broken, But Life Gets Tricky Sometimes. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited that you're here. And I've been really enjoying looking at your book, which we're going to say a little bit more about shortly. I wanted to start by asking you if you could say a little bit more about a victim mindset, like the difference between being a victim, because as I was prepping for this, I I was truly thinking, you know, we can all be victims because Mm -hmm. that thing happened. Absolutely. The trick is not to become a perpetual victim or a professional victim. The trick is to notice when you get into a mindset where the question you start asking with a lot of frequency is, why me? And the feeling that goes with it is kind of, woe is me. And the posture that goes with that is the slumped sort of hopeless posture. And you start feeling like you don't have any control and that you're you're no longer the creator of your life, that somehow all of these outside circumstances are what define you and you have no power to change it. Right. So that's that's when you get into that feeling on a consistent basis. But I was also thinking, you know, when bad things happen, it's not so bad to do some things and sort of say, well, I've been a victim like this and I don't feel like doing this. What I what I really want to do is just sit on the couch. I want to binge watch a Netflix series <laughs> and I'm going to eat ice cream and stay in my PJs and I'm going to feel sorry for myself. Absolutely. And, you know, the sort of, so that isn't necessarily a bad thing and that can actually be part of our healing. Absolutely. But you just want to dose it, right? Like almost anything can be can be a behavior that can be good for you, neutral, or not so good for you. And most of the time that gets defined by dosing. Every now and again, there's things that like pretty much everyone can agree, like that's a bad choice. Please don't do that. Right. But things like we'll take binging Netflix. 
if you want to watch a couple of episodes of Netflix because you're winding down after a tough day, and especially if you're like watching a show with a friend and you're tracking the show and it's really connective, that's actually a, a move that moves you towards the type of life you want to be creating. That's fantastic. If you want to do that by yourself on a Friday night because you don't have plans and you just really kind of want to take a night to yourself, that's kind of a neutral move, right? Neutral to positive move. When you watch one or two episodes, when you take Friday night and you stay up until two in the morning because you've watched eight episodes of something and you haven't cooked yourself dinner and you haven't done anything and you haven't connected with anyone, suddenly that same dose that just a few episodes prior was a towards move becomes this move that's taking you away from being the type of person that you want to be. So please have some ice cream. Don't have, you know, a gallon of ice cream every night. Please watch some TV. Don't binge watch things and spend your whole weekend inside, not connecting with other people, not taking care of yourself and only watching TV, right? So it's in the dosing, I think, that makes a difference. And do you think people have the awareness to know when this they're moving from that toward to being into an unhealthy realm? In the moment, we often don't. But if you ask almost anybody, hey, is it a good idea to eat a gallon of ice cream by yourself or a half gallon of ice cream by yourself? I can't think of anybody who'd be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Right. <laughs> but most people, I think you're probably, you know, like those little Ben and Jerry's pints have, have started eating a Ben and Jerry's pint or whatever brand is your personal enjoyment. And the next thing they know, they're like, oh no, I ate the whole thing. Right. Right. But if you ask them either beforehand or afterwards, is that a good idea? They would likely say no, but in the moment, because they weren't mindful of what they were doing, they ended up in a little bit of trouble. And so then what do you do? Well, and so if we take ice cream as the example, we're going to be picking heavily on ice cream and Netflix today, I think. But if you take ice cream- Substitute wine. (laughs) We could always always put wine in there. But with, with ice cream or wine, you decide ahead of time what your dose is, right? So you decide ahead of time what your portion is, and then you stop. And you make it harder to get to it, right? Uh, with Netflix, they actually make it profoundly easy to overwatch yes. their shows. Yes, because one episode automatic. just leads into the next. Yep. And so my recommendation to folks, and this is going to sound a little bit like a buzzkill, but my recommendation to folks is to either choose ahead of time, how many episodes are am I watching? How much time do I want to put into whatever show you're into right now? Or in between each episode, you, you actually use your remote and pause and then make a choice. Am I going to choose to watch another one or am I going to choose to move on? And just even that, it it only takes a few seconds to pause and get into choice mode. What do I actually wish to choose? And anytime you're in choice mode, it almost always means that you're not in victim mode. It's always an invitation to get out of victim mode, to be in the mode where you are saying, what am I going to choose right now on purpose? So whatever your choice of constellation whatever's going to console you 
whatever it is, you could apply that technique. Yeah, absolutely. And really, it's about becoming consciously mindful and you being the person who's in charge of choosing. Okay. It's hard to be consciously mindful when you are in a mindset where you feel totally helpless and hopeless, and then you let things kind of participate in keeping you hopeless and helpless, right? Like, because it feels a bit like a downward spiral then it's like then you go the next day you get up and think oh my god I ate that whole thing of ice cream well you know it tasted pretty good I better get some more ice cream for tonight because I I don't have any Mm -hmm. and you can also feel like well I did that so I ruined I ruined everything therefore I might as well not not worry you know I might as well just give up yeah. It's not even about not worrying. It's more like that hopelessness takes over and then you indulge in being powerless okay. instead of saying like, Whoo, I really blew it last night. Okay. If I was going to start over this morning, how would I like to do that? Okay. So that kind of gets me to my next question, which I wanted to talk about. And maybe it seems kind of obvious, but maybe not. But I wanted us to talk about how does having a victim mindset harm you or hold you back? Oh my gosh. The main way that it harms you. Well, I guess there's multiple ways that it harms you. The main way that it harms you from my perspective is that it harms you psychologically because essentially when you're in a victim mindset, you are allowing external events and internal lousy feelings to be the things that are building and building in your world, right? And interestingly, our feelings follow our behaviors. We have this very misguided idea that if we wait until we feel motivated to do something, then we'll behave better. However, that trajectory is backwards. So most of the time, if we would like to shift a feeling We have to actually do something different. We can't wait until we feel different to do something different. So can you you kind of give me an example of that? I put it in like a practical. Absolutely. So I know this is a podcast for folks who are divorced and the emphasis is on things that you can handle well, right? Like you can do. So the podcast itself is designed for folks who are like wanting to feel like they have some agency and they can handle things well. Victim mindset will start, you'll get chatter in your mind. That's like, you can't do anything right. And then you've had another argument with your kid's father and that's because you don't know how to word it right, or you just can't stay calm. You can't just, you just can't say no, or you just always want to have the last word. Yep. And particularly if it's that notion where you're blaming yourself and you're feeling lousy, and then you go without choosing, right? It's very unconscious. You go without choosing to the overdoing on the wine or the ice cream or the Netflix Um, or the, you know, raging at your ex, that actually can be its own sort of hook behavior that you fall into. And then you feel helpless. And then that helplessness actually boosts that negative thought. See, you can't even do this right. You thought you were going to do this. And now you, you know, and now you've eaten a pint of ice cream. 
Right. So the victim mindset essentially ends up piling on problems. And what we want to get to in that choice mindset is where you're piling on choices where you are deciding purposefully when are you going to kind of indulge in something and when are you going to actually notice like, oh crap, I got into a fight again, right? And it's like, okay, slow down, notice what were the triggers? What got you into the fight? What was the same behavior pattern that you've done with this person for a zillion years, which is why you're getting a divorce? How did you slide back into that? How do you do it differently next time? And then next time you have a chance to say, or maybe even in that moment, you can say, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. Here's what, here's the point I was trying to get across. So you regroup, make a choice, put it out there. And it's interesting because it doesn't actually matter if their response is terrific If you respond differently, then you're out of victim mode, regardless of whether or not their response is a frustrating one or isn't one that you're looking for. And that is, I think that that point is, that is so important to recognize the the difference that, you know, you shifting gears is not about other, somebody else acknowledging or Mm-hmm. even working to calm the other person down, but it's about you. And then you're saying, so long as you, once you do something different, that's going to make you feel a little bit more empowered. Yes. And then you can build on that. Again, regardless of someone else's reaction, you can build on it. And the more that you are doing things where you are speaking in ways that you would prefer to speak or behaving in ways that make you feel proud of yourself, then that boosts those positive emotions. Those positive emotions then make it easier to have positive thoughts. Then from there, then the next time you have more options about how you respond, even if it's the same invitation to the same crummy you know, pattern of behavior, that next time gives you a little bit more of stable footing to be like, wait a minute, time out. I'm actually going to do this differently today. Awesome. Dr. Carrie, we're going to take a short break. Great. Listeners, my guest is Dr. Carrie Johansson. She's the author of Self-Help on the Go. It has 99 tactics for success. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We're going to be right back. So please stay tuned for more tips on how to avoid falling into that victim trap. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. 
I'm your host, Mandy Walker. In this episode, we're talking about avoiding the victim trap. My guest today is Dr. Carrie Johansson. She's the author of Self-Help on the Go, because you are not broken, but life gets tricky sometimes. Dr. Carrie, I thought before we dive back into talking about being a victim, um, I wanted you to share with our listeners a little bit more about your book, because you have taken a different approach to it. Absolutely. So I wrote my book to be very different than a typical self-help book. Most self-help books either are very lengthy, huge explanations about a problem, and they give you a little tiny bit of solution, or they are promising something that I don't actually think is realistic, right? Like if you just think better, you won't have any problems is kind of the underlying message, I think, in a lot of self-help these days. And unfortunately, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but life comes with problems. It's a part of the gig. So my book is short little snippets of what to do in difficult moments. So there is no expectation that you start at page one and read all the way to the end of my book. Rather, it's designed for the reader to pick up and say, gosh, I'm really having trouble communicating. Okay, turn to the chapter on communication. There's 10 different easy to read ideas about how to facilitate better communication. Feeling anxious? Turn to chapter one. Stressed? We got a chapter for that too. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I was wondering, out of all of those 99 tactics, do you have one favorite one? That's probably a difficult question because you probably like them like a number of them, but is the one that particularly appeals to you? It is a difficult question. I think the one that's coming to mind is called the cupcake method of recovery. It fits in with what you and I are talking about. <laughs> and it's a story of a day that I had where I had had a very bad day at the end of a very bad week, at the end of a very trying month. And um this day in particular was just nothing was working. It was all, it was just all so lousy. And I had all sorts of work to do and things I should focus on. And it was clear that it was one of those days where anything I was going to touch was going to be a mess, right? And so I took a deep breath and I had my daughter that day and we ended up going to get cupcakes. (laughs) And we went and got cupcakes and the laundry didn't get done and the work didn't get done and Nothing, nothing productive got accomplished. I'm pretty sure we also got takeout for dinner. And we went and got cupcakes and sat on a bench and just had a moment. And it was really lovely. And it was one of those days where I can still remember the bench and just understanding that sometimes life gets so overwhelming that you just need to pause and do something kind for yourself. And maybe for some people, a cupcake isn't the right choice uh, for us that day it was. And, you know, we didn't have 10 cupcakes. Right. But we went and had a cupcake and sat outside and connected. And so it was an easy way to pile things that would help you feel better and get out of victim mode, right? Sweet treat, kind, kind moment with my child, outside time unproductive time is actually really important to build in. 
where you don't have pressure to get anything done. And it's just, it, it's a fun memory to, to, to remember. And I also think it's a good example of like getting really just beat up on a, on a certain day after the end of a, of a tough couple of days. Right. And taking the time out to, yeah. I have a, f- a favorite one for me. Ooh. You know, I I liked them. There's so many of them I, I read and I felt like, yes, I, I I know I should do that. I'm not doing it. But the, there was one that was very particularly poignant for me right now. I have some things going on in my personal life that are causing me grief, which yeah. I've been shocked about. And then listeners can tell I have this British accent. By the time you hear this, this will all be probably late news, but Queen Elizabeth II passed away yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised by the grief that I felt with that too. Yeah. You know, I've not lived in England for a long time, but you know, she she's the only monarch I know, and I have tremendous respect for and um, her dedication to service and her grace. So the tactic for me that spoke was smile. Yeah. And to take the time to smile it's like smile at least five times a day for no reason at all mm-hmm. so I would like I can go into the bathroom and I can smile yeah and then just make a point when I see somebody that I know make sure I smile when I say hello that one really works for me to kind of lift me up a little bit Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a great example, actually, of how our feelings are shifted by our behaviors. If you smile at people and take a moment to take a neutral interaction, right? Let's say you're running into the gas station to grab something when you're pumping your gas, and it could be this hurried interaction, or you could really stop and smile at the person who's helping you check out. And it's kind and lovely for them. And it's also kind and lovely for you. Yeah. And doing that on purpose builds connection, even if it's minuscule connection, right? Even if it's a 90 second connection. Right. That is, that's actually incredibly healthy and healing for humans. Like we do, we are a connective tribal species and we do better when we stop looking at everybody as a threat. (laughs) And the easiest way to do that is to put a smile on our face. Or even just, you know, like, get out of your bubble and like yes. instead of walking yes. around with your head down actually you know and I was at breakfast this morning and so on the way out our waitress we passed her and so she said something and I turned and I said and thank you so much for helping us this morning and that felt good yeah so that was the one that I liked let's jump back to talking about being a victim and I was kind of curious about whether there are times when having a victim mindset might work in your favor and whether, you know, that comes from maybe it's worked in the past and that's why you're doing it. Or maybe you saw a parent or a sibling use it and feel like, well, they always got their way by behaving like this. So I'm going to try it. Well, we certainly have a bit of a national obsession right now with being a victim and seeing how far that will get you. The problem with it is it inevitably ends up making you feel lousy because it's taking away your power. And I don't mean power like power over someone else, right? Like unpleasant misuse of power, but that sense of wanting to sort of stand up straight and move through the world and feeling like you've got it 
that's a way more enjoyable feeling than the sensation that you don't have anything to offer and everything's against you. And the problem with that victim mindset is it builds on itself. So I think it's really important for everybody to understand that a almost everyone has been the victim of a troubling circumstance or circumstances in their life. Nobody, nobody gets away with a victim, you know, victimized free life. And oftentimes that bad thing may have happened not because of anything you did at all. Absolutely. Like your car was broken into or you got into a car accident or right. Absolutely. Yeah. I I had I love to hike and um recently someone had tried to break into my car at a trailhead and I didn't realize it until afterwards. And I'm now six hundred bucks into fixing small damages that they did. They messed up my hood latch and they messed up my lock and you know, I'm now 600 bucks into, man, I went for a hike and I end up with a $600 car. He's lousy. (laughs) So it's very normal. It's a part of life to end up being the victim of circumstances that you either didn't enjoy, didn't ask for, or were out of your control. It's also very normal to periodically be comparing yourself to other people and to feel like, woe is me, right? Like, oh, I had to do this today, or, you know, my dog is dying, or my, you know, this awful thing is happening. And unfortunately, true story, my dog is in the process of dying right now. And it's awful. And she's darling. And I was never a dog person. And she's totally made me a dog person. And, you know, so watching other people with their dogs right now, I can feel some jealousy, right? Like, oh, she just got a puppy or her dog's healthier. Right. Isn't happening to them. So that comparison is really normal. The approach to it though, is to notice that you're comparing, notice that you're starting to feel like that woe is me kind of sensation. And then to decide what can you do about it? Even if there's nothing to do about it, except to be in acceptance. Right. So question, if you have a friend who is in that victim mode, Mm -hmm. what do you suggest? How can you support that friend? How, what, in a kind way that would help them? Well, it's tricky because if your friend is in victim mode, they will often be wanting you either to rescue them or it will feel like they're inviting you to tell them what to do. So what does rescue look like? Oh, well, I'll just take care of that for you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right? And then the other piece is when you start feeling compelled to tell them what to do because you can see easily what they need to do. And then you start telling them what they should do. And we should not should on our friends. I was going to say in this, that word that we all know we're not supposed to use. (laughs) So what we want to do is we want to ask and invite them into choice mode, right? So that looks like, I trust you. You've got this. That supportive piece. What you need to do. That support instead of rescuing, right? And then challenging when you need to without then being a bully. So the chat, the, the bully person is the person who's like, well, if you just did it this way, you know, it would stop. 
Right. And so instead of saying, don't do this, do this instead, you can say something along the lines of that choice doesn't sound like it's going to bring you much happiness or is this doesn't tend to go well. I'm not sure why you're trying it, right? So if you do feel the need to challenge, you can do it, but stop short of saying and do it this way. Observe what the problem is with with their choice without then saying, and you must do this instead. And ask instead of either push or rescue. Would you like some support? Is there a way I can be helpful? Right. All of us need a rescue from time to time. We just don't want to be in the habit of always rescuing. And we also don't want to be in the habit of always being the pushy, bossy person who's telling folks how they should live their lives. Right. Because both of those approaches take away the take away a person's autonomy. And that makes people very unhappy. And also, though, we're trying to get them to shift. So mm-hmm. that shift is by taking responsibility and making their own decisions rather than having somebody else do it for them. Correct. Dr. Carey, thank you so much. We are up on time. So Great. we're going to have to wrap up for today, but I so appreciate what you've shared with us. Thank you. It's a really a pleasure to be on the podcast, Mandy. Uh, listeners, my guest today was Dr. Kerry Johansson, author of Self-Help on the Go, because you are not broken, but life gets tricky sometimes. And we'll make sure that there's a link to Dr. Kerry's website and to the book in the show notes so you can take a look at that. Thank you, Dr. Kerry, again for joining us today. And I'm going to say to listeners, I hope you're smiling right now. That's my dip from Dr. (laughs) Kerry's book, Smile, as you're hearing this. Please make sure you can subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and other things that you can handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So please reach out to us at podcastworthy.com at to let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear about. We look forward to hearing from you and you can find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. 
Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.